You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to the episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I am Nick Fairby, right for Pittsburgh Source Now. Call games at WPTS Radio, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, today we're going to talk a little bit about Pitt men's basketball and what they can do from here on out. We'll recap their win over Louisville, where they can move from here, how good they actually are, and then we will talk a little bit more about maybe the next schedule. You know, Virginia coming up on Wednesday. Can they win that game and get revenge on the Who's who defeated them? In Charlottesville. We'll talk about that coming up on Locked on Pit. Welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast, folks. As always, thank you for making Locked on Pit your first listen every day, folks. Always appreciate that. The support, leave a review, leave some feedback. Always looking for more and more feedback to improve the show for all of you guys. Always appreciate it. Today's episode of Locked on Pit is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with the Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TVs, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Now, folks, we have to talk about Pitman's basketball, obviously, yesterday. Talked all about football, talked about Signetti, talked about Shane Simon and his outlook with the Panthers. But the big other news over the weekend was exactly what Pitt men's basketball did. And they got a big win at home over Louisville. You know, they'd gone to KFC Yum down in Kentucky. And they had given the cards a game. And they were they were a last second shot away for making that thing an overtime thriller. And they came back, and that was a gritty game where, you know, they had Ithiel Horton. John Hughley barely played in the first half. I think he played a total of one minute. You know, the three technicals, it was a very odd game for the Panthers. And they just couldn't end up closing. Well, boy, did they ever close in this one. This was not just a win. This was a whooping on the Cardinals. This is their first double-digit win of the year. Non-conference or conference so this is Pitt's best win on the year. I think this is the best the team has played this year. A lot of encouraging signs for Pitt in this one. It was a really a comfortable game throughout. I don't think it felt ever in doubt. You know, the largest Louisville lead was five points, and that was early on when it was 8-3 about a minute or two into the game, and then Pitt from there on seemingly had the control throughout the whole game, even playing without John Hughley for most of the first half. I mean, he didn't play much in that first half. He he got into foul trouble pretty early on. He played a total of five. He played a total of eight minutes in that first half, five points overall. I mean, they still didn't have him for over half of the first half, and, and they shot 18% from three. They only shot 11 of 27 from the field, so it's not like they had a great shooting first half either, but they, they did well in, in that first half to weather the storm, and they ended up coming out of there with the 28-24 lead, and then they really turned it on the second half, and it felt good to see Pitt get a comfortable win. It felt good to see Pitt kind of cruise and, and play on cruise control, and, and I mean, Louisville stats just showcase it, shooting 33% from the field, 25% from three. 
Louisville did not play well in this game. And Pitt did that on the defensive effort. They did a great job of preventing Louisville from attacking the offensive glass. And I thought that was a really big thing that Pitt emphasized in this game. You saw them really get after the defensive boards. And the fact that Louisville didn't have a single offensive rebound in the first half was a huge issue. Pitt had seven second-chance points in that first half. Louisville obviously had zero with zero offensive boards. And so Pitt really seemingly jumped out at you and said, wow, they're making big plays, and Louisville ended up with only three second-chance points the entire game. It was not a fruitful day on the offensive glass. Pitt out-rebounded them by nine, but 34 defensive rebounds for the Panthers. I mean, that's that's getting after it. And, and when you have so many opportunities to get after it on the defensive glass, and you do, I mean, that that's that's showcases exactly what you want to see from this team. It was really impressive to see Pitt come together as a team, do so well on the defensive end. I mean, they were swarming. They played with a ton of energy in this game. The, the closeouts were great on the corner. Almost every three-pointer, it felt like, was a contested three-pointer. Nothing came easy. Even the ones that were made, you know, you ha- kind of had to tip a cap to them. And and it, they, they prevented Louisville from ever getting hot from beyond the arc. And Pitt was not good at all. I mean, they only shot four of 18. But Pitt got to the foul line enough. 13 of 19 from the foul line. John Hewlett with nine of those free throws, of course. But felt like every time, and, and I felt like this was the first time I could say this, every time that Louisville made a play where maybe they cut the lead to 10 or cut the lead to 12, and you could say, okay, here we go. You know, we've seen runs like this before against Pitt where Pitt has, has built a lead up and they have let teams creep back into the game. And think Notre Dame, for example. Think Virginia. Games like this where they have had leads and teams have creeped back into the game. Even, even in their ACC win against Boston College, that exactly happened. And so, you felt like, okay, maybe Louisville's going on a run here, but it felt like every single time Pitt would come back with a punch, and, and Pitt would get punched, and then they punch back, and, and Pitt was making really big plays. I think the the big thing was, after a three by Jared West, it, it became 57-47 with about six minutes or so to go. And, and you felt, okay, this is the time where Pitt has kind of struggled to, to, to keep that bind on the, on the lead, they didn't this time. Pitt, Pitt never let it go, and they came down, hit Mogee in the corner, and he drained a three and made it 13 points again and matched it just like that. I thought that was a really impressive play. I thought this game was just exemplary of everything that Jeff Capel has been preaching. Drag teams down to the mud with you. It wasn't going to be pretty, but this is about as pretty as it gets for this team. It really was. You saw everything from... Really, they, they handled the ball pretty well. I mean, 11 turnovers, it, that's fine. That's not a crazy number. It, you're not going to hate that. Mogi with four blocks, you know, I, I love what Mogi is able to do. And he's so important to Pitt because those four blocks were huge. Those were some transition baskets, and Pitt was great in transition in this game. And, and Louisville really killed them in transition in the first game. This game, they did not. And in fact, on the fast break... Pitt really did a great job. Only two fast break points in this game for the Carts. Um, and, and that was huge for Pitt overall in this game. To, to play on the on the transition defensive side of things so well. 
Burton took a charge. He had four blocks. Three of them were in transition. And, and he's he's a guy that when someone else messes up, he can erase that for them. And that's huge. That really is big because being able to erase a fault of another player, they're not going to be perfect like that. That's what shot blockers are supposed to do. And he's a guy that allows them the fault a little bit. He allows them a little bit of give, and he's really a player. He's been quite defined. I think... Moogie's a legitimate ACC-level player, and he's playing at such a high level right now. It's just fun to watch Moogie play. It really is. The guy is such a, a talent. And then you look at, at kind of the rest of the team, you know, overall solid. It, it was a solid game. Hughley had a great second half, 19 points overall, 14 in that second half. Gee had 10, two really key threes. He, he has his shot selections a little bit wonky, but... You know, when he when he makes those big shots, he does. And those shot blocks were huge for Pitt. Femi Odukali with 10. You know, really some really key baskets from Femi. I know he he had some really bad shots in the first half. And, and it didn't always look great for him in that first half. Femi did not have a good first half either. And it felt like he was kind of... he in, in the second half, he, he gained more confidence. And he was only 3 of 10 in the second half. But, man, those three shots were big shots. Um, when he made them, and, and he he's he's learning how to work in that off-ball role with with, with Jamaris Burton and uh, Onye Zayakuda working at the point, and you can see him playing less out of control. He's using that drive hand and his ability just to barrel through guys and, and use his left and his right. He has multiple ways to create a shot at the rim. As a driver, just as a guy that can dribble drive into the paint, he's deadly, and, and it's tough to stop him. When he's on his game. So I think, you know, Femi's had some really nice steps. Jamaris Burton with 20. We'll talk about him in the second part of the show. I just, it's delightful to watch him play more and more. And pick out some really key minutes from guys off the bench. Noah Collier filled in with 14 really good minutes, I think. You looked at Nate Santos with, with 9 minutes when, when guys needed a rest. He was a guy that stepped in and was a net positive Collier really was a net positive. I thought that that was a guy that played at a really high level on the defensive end. He gave you a lot of effort. He was doing a really nice job of just staying in control, getting to his rotations, closing out on the edge. Everything felt in control with Pitt in this game. And on offense, they had some solid ball movement, got a few really key baskets. I think my biggest one was when Hughley was down on the low block, got doubled, and then passed it to a cutting gee who dunked it home. That was beautiful basketball. And so you're seeing this team start to really gain confidence and, and overall start to mesh together. Now we'll see if this can be sustained. Don't forget they just got crushed by Syracuse not too long ago. But these are really positive developments for Pitt. You're starting to see them grow together. And even if they do have those games where maybe they get crushed by Syracuse, that was a terrible matchup for Pitt overall. Um, but even if they have games like that, you're starting to see this be a cohesive, unselfish team that at least has an identity. And that's something that you really couldn't say for a lot of Capel's team. Even the ones with McGowan's, Johnson, Tony, Champagny, all those guys, they were more talented, but they never had an identity. It just felt like a hodgepodge of guys that were really talented playing ball out there together. And they really had no semblance of team, right? And this this team has a semblance of team. And that's why they're playing better than the sum of their parts right now. And I think it's an impressive job by Jeff Capel. you got to give him credit for what he's done here overall coaching this season. Now, folks, let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the lineup changes they made. I, I think that 
are, are pretty significant overall and, and what that can mean moving forward. However, first, let me let you know about Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast as we continue to talk about pits win over louisville and they made a few very interesting lineup changes when you looked at kind of what they did and that namely was the three guard lineup and, and i think that that was the adjustment jeff capel talked about in the post game a lot was they felt the need to go to that three guard lineup because it has been their most successful lineup when they have Javarius Burton, Femi Cali, and Onyeze Kuda on the floor at the same time, their plus-minus is higher than any other lineup. And I think it's like plus 22 or something. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty stark compared to what they do in other lineups. It's not like you can compare it. And so, when yeah, when they go two guards, when it's just Femi and Javarius Burton, it's plus two compared to plus 22. So that showcases you kind of the... The difference when you have Zay Kudo, Burton, and Odukali, when you have three true ball handlers on the floor, Pitt's actually able to do a lot of different things. And you actually, you know, Onye is, is an interesting player because he's not a savant in terms of offensive presence. But you're subbing him in essentially for Jeffress. So you're trading 24 minutes of Onye Zay Kudo, you know, for 9 minutes of Will Jeffress, and that's what happened here. And so, Isaiah Kudo, only three points, shot one of four from the field, but he's a guy that is quick enough to get to the basket. He's scrappy enough, and he, he's got enough of a shot from beyond the arc to where you have to at least go and say, okay, this guy can at least hurt us. And he's, I think he's starting to gain a little bit more confidence where you're looking at him and saying, okay, this is a guy that that actually has to be taken a little bit more seriously offensively. And 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 he's a great defender. A, a scrappy defender, but a very smart basketball player. Understands what he has to do. Understands how to break screens. Understands how to close out on the edge. I think the most impressive thing I've seen from him over a few games is his ability just to get key rebounds. And, and I mean very hard rebounds to get. He will go and he will fight like hell to get some of these rebounds, and he has no business getting some of them. But Onyeze Kudo is a guy that is a net positive. I think the guy that makes the whole train kind of run, though, in that three-guard lineup with Guy and Hughley as well in there is Jamaris Burton. You know, Burton is a guy that's kind of been needed. He's not even a true point guard necessarily. But he's a guy that exactly, you get exactly what you see. He's an efficient player. He is a wildly efficient player. He has this gorgeous mid-range jumper. Just an absolutely beautiful mid-range jumper. 
And I mean, you, you have to love the mid-range jumper that Jamarius Burton has. This man plays an old man's game. If you are a guy that grew up watching Larry Bird sink mid-range jumpers and, and all that, and you see these turnaround mid-range jumpers that Jamarius Burton is, is making, and, and he'll make it just inside the arc. He'll make it from the free throw line. He'll make it from the elbow. Jamarius Burton makes it anywhere, and, and he can shot create on those mid-range jumpers so nicely. It's really pretty to watch Jamarius Burton go and make these plays. And he's shooting 55% on these mid-range jumpers over the past six games. You know, taking those two-pointers out outside of dunks and layups, Burton is shooting 55% from two. That's impressive. So he's a an efficient, a high-volume guy on ter- in terms of these shots, but he also makes them at a high level. It's really, you don't find guys that can do this. You just, it's very rare to find a guy in today's game, whether it's high school, college, NBA, to have this type of mid-range game. You know, there's a lot of of comparisons you can make, but the leadership that he also brings, you know, that there was a story that Cable told on his radio show that that Burton came in and, and, you know, they had a great practice after the Syracuse game. And said, okay, you guys are good to go. You guys can go. And Burton held them up and then listed out goals for each guy in this Louisville game, including himself, and they held themselves accountable, went out there and won. This guy is a great net presence on everyone in the locker room. He's a phenomenal leader. He's a winning player. This is a guy that preaches wisdom. He practices what he preaches. He walks the walk. And he's a really solid player. He's in control uh, when he's in, he's the main ball handler. He's a guy that's an offensive threat. He's a savvy defensive player. You know, he's taking the most charges on the team, for example. He's a phenomenal free throw shooter. 30 straight, three throws made. He's over 90% in the free throw department this year. He's a capable three-point shooter. That might not be his best game, but he can do it enough to where you have to respect it. Jamari Spurton's a solid player. There's not many holes in Jamari Burton's game at the ACC level. He's a legit ACC starter. That's the thing you look at with Jamari Burton. He's he's been so solid in ACC play, and as he's really gotten going, you just see the guy. I mean, he he commands the floor. He commands the presence from the point guard position. He he, you have to respect that mid range jumper, and then if you if you come out and respect it. He can get it down low to guys like Guy and Hugh or kick it out to Femio to Cali. And, and those aren't always going to drop, and, and Pitt understands that. But Burton plays it such a such a beautiful game and a, such a beautiful style of basketball. It really is a, is a throwback. And he's so physical, and he's built enough to be big enough to where he can play bully ball. And then he can back you off of those mid-range jumpers and make, that, make those assortment of plays. And he also has a really nice floater game to where he can beat you from different angles and from different areas of the of the paint to where he can make those floaters too. He really does have a nice brand of basketball. And again, we talked about Femi Odicali improving as well in that off-ball role. He's such an effective driver with the basketball that you can't help but be delayed to watch him too. So the three-guard lineup I think is big. And I feel for Will Jeffress, I do. Because I think he's a guy that's just so young. Only 18 still as a sophomore. But, man, he's just such an offensive liability. He just doesn't know what he's doing with the ball in his hands. He doesn't have a, a three. He can't be a 3-D guy, and that's what he's got to have to be in the future. Good defender, 
good rebounder. Just no idea what to do offensively. And that's going to be the next step for Will Jefferson if he wants to get back on the court and play significant minutes here in the future at Pitt. But until then, I really think that there's going to be a lot of question marks around Will Jeffress and how much playing time he should get because this three-guard lineup, I think, is Pitt's best opportunity to win games moving forward. Well, could that three-guard lineup get them a win in the next game against Virginia on Wednesday? We will talk about that, but first, folks, let me let you know about Built Bar. It's New Year's, and so that means New Year's resolutions, and I know we're on week three of those, and if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, listen, I have the perfect thing for you. Built Bar, invested into your plan, because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, and it makes it easier to stick to your resolution, because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike most protein bars, with they're chalky, waxy, and obviously just not good. Folks, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, but you get all the health benefits of a normal protein bar. Low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, high in protein. Compare that to your candy bar where you have none of those health benefits, but you have it all there. With Built Bar, they also have an assortment of flavors from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off the order. Again, that's all you have to do. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. We're talking pit men's basketball here as we continue to talk about kind of their game over Louisville and looking forward they're facing Virginia tomorrow night and and this is a game that they really need to win and one that I I think if they can stack two together I just think stacking two wins ACC wins more importantly two ACC wins would be huge for this team because listen Jeff Capel his teams have been inconsistently consistent. And what I mean by that is the consistency of the Jeff Cable area has been inconsistency. You know, we've seen teams go up and down and just these last two games, right? Getting walloped by Syracuse and then coming home and walloping Louisville. Now, we ha- it felt like we had started to see a little bit more consistency. And I think there is to a degree. There's less volatility with this team because they have an identity. They play hard, they're unselfish, they really buy into Capel's message. This is a team that at the very least feels out what they want to do, they know what they want to do, and they know how they have to win. And that's something big. And listen, <laughs> Virginia's not crazy. It's not like Virginia's a, some team that is unbelievable this year. They really aren't. It's their beatable team. They, they beat Clemson, they got crushed by, by UNC, they lost to Wake Forest, they barely beat Virginia Tech. Like, this is not a team that is all that impressive. And Pitt had them on the ropes. It's still impressive they lost that game down in Charlottesville. Everyone thought they would get crushed. And yet, Pitt really just dropped the bag. The five-second violation call, all of that, it's rushing back to your mind. It certainly is right now. This is a team that I think they're going to want to be hungry against. And, and you look at Pitt, 
and how that last game went out. Man, all I can say is that has to be a game that, that just sits in their minds. It has to be one where you look at, at it and you say, wow, we let that one go away. Onyeze Kudos, big three, I still don't forget that one. That was a massive shot for Pitt in that game, in that moment. It was a huge shot for Pitt. And everyone thought they were going to pull it out. But they didn't. And so you look at some of the stats from last time. Pitt honestly had a pretty good shooting day from three. Eight of 16. Hughley didn't have a great game, though. This was a really bad game for John Hughley. Two of 11. Took five three-pointers. And seven of his 12 points came from the free throw line. And he was a guy that only had three rebounds in that game. And, and Pitt didn't really attack the offensive boards like they could have. Nine offensive rebounds for Virginia. And Pitt lost on a last-second shot. And, and it, it was pretty unfortunate for Pitt. And, you know, the, the difference in this game, it, it wasn't anything crazy. Pitt only shot 39% from the field. Virginia shot 46%, but Pitt should have won this one. And it was a lot of just lackadaisical decision-making down the stretch, bad defense, and overall, a lack of a team that didn't know how to win. They wanted to, they buy in, and they just didn't know how to win. This was a team that also didn't really get a ton from their best player. As I said, John Hughley did not play well in that game. So they almost won on an off night from him. So can he turn it up in this game? He's going to be the key to watch, obviously. Very few players have been able to stop John Hughley this week, this year. And of course they have. He's a physical force. He's such a tough player to stop because of what he can do on the low block. Pretty much once they get it on to him at the low block, it's over. Because one, one way or another, he's either one, he's going to post you up, and he's going to beat you to the rim. He's going to force you to foul him, and he's going to go to the line and probably make one at least one of two of those, if not both of them. He's proven to be a plus free throw shooter, which has been great for his ability to really punish teams. Or three, you want to come and double him. Okay, I know a lot of that. those teams that want to do that. Louisville wanted to do that. And what ended up happening? Hughley has become such a great passing big man, he opens things up for others. And so, he's so big that guys, even like Malik Williams, who are who's obviously one of the better bigs, in the ACC, and a guy that has had so at least praise and has has success on a big level in the conference, Hughley can just back down and abuse. There's very met, there's very few guys in the conference that can match up against him, and so they need him to have a big game. They need to get it down low to him. When he gets doubled, they need Gee to cut. They need to get the guards going. It needs to be a big game. And I think Pitt has all the recipe and the ability to do this. Again, they're not a good shooting team, but neither is Virginia. Pitt can win this game. They just have to play to their day. If they play like they did against Louisville, they're going to win this game. But another thing that has has had they've had issues is building multiple wins. When they come off a win, they often fall flat the next game. And so that has been something that we need to see them build upon. And that's what Jeff Capel has to do here against Virginia. All right, folks, thanks for listening. As always... Hail to Pitt.